Breaking It Down, This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Chad and Alex back at you. Hopefully y'all are enjoying us just talking smack about different subject matter. That's what we've been trying to do. Today's episode, again, is brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. I took the whole month of March off. I had one Jack Daniels adult beverage on February 27th. A lot of people, like my buddy Shannon in California, told me that you always pick February to don't to not drink. Rogan does sober October. There's 31 days in October. There's only 28. You're say you're gaining three days if you do it in February. As long as it's not a leap year. That's a good point, which barely ever happens. Very <laughs> rare. But I chose March because I didn't have any more duck trips really. I potentially had an Aleutian Canada goose trip. It ended up falling through. Had a couple bass fishing trips, but they were with my daughter. But it's hard to do, bro. When you're an adult, it's nice to unwind with a cocktail or a beer. I have not had a drop of alcohol now in 24 days. And I have eight days left to complete It'll be one month and one day because I went February 28th and I'm going to go all the way until April 1st. What do you drink like when, you, when you're when you at dinner? You just get a water or a tea or something like that? Yeah, some flavored water, club soda, flavored club sodas. These bubbly drinks, we had those. Yeah, I like those. I like the strawberry. Yeah, I like Cherry's okay, but I like the strawberry. They got I drink kombucha. Now. I drink kombucha and I got to make sure that it's alcohol-free kombucha. Which That's, that wouldn't really count anyway. That doesn't count, yeah. But speaking of kombucha, the ones that you turned me on to are absolutely, by far, no questions asked, the best tasting kombucha that you can actually stomach that you don't really even get any vinegar at all. Do you remember what one you told me to get? It's, it's the grape one. Yeah, the grape. I don't remember the brand name, but it's grape. The, the one that I like too, I don't know the brand name of this one either, but I think it's the same one, is Raspberry Lemonade, and it has the little uh, seeds in it. Have you tried one of those yet? Uh-uh. I don't know what the seeds are called, but the whole thing looks like a jar of, of salmon eggs almost, but like smaller. Like and, one of those fudge drinks, those Vietnamese bubbly drinks? Uh, but but this, they're like seeds, so they're way smaller. Oh, small. It's good, dude. Can I don't know what they- fill the seeds in your mouth? Oh yeah, they, it's almost like they—they they almost have like the consistency of like a salmon egg. They're like, they're like hard, but like jelly, you know, like kind of like a gelatin. I don't know. They're weird, but they're—it's good, dude. The one that one flavor, I can't attest for the rest, but that one is good. I don't know what it does for you, but I like that grape. The grape's the best one ever. It is so good, and I don't drink a ton of it. It is high in calories, but it is. You know, they say probiotics are good for your gut and your stomach and getting Yeah, your, like one a, I drink like one a week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Getting I, back to it's normal. not like a drink. Yeah. But dude, this cleanse has been awesome. I've been very low starch. I haven't done the carnivore diet as a whole. But yesterday I was talking to Chad Mendez. He's doing the carnivore diet this month with no alcohol. On April eighth, when I get back from this turkey hunting trip. So I'll be on the road starting March twenty fifth. And then I'm driving across the country. It's going to take two and a half days. I'm going to get to Mossy Pond, drop an axle off, and then turkey hunt with Brad for a few days. <clears throat> well, I'll get there on the 28th. I still can't have a drink for the 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. I'll be with Brad and, and all the boys down in Georgia for four days without any alcohol. That's going to be very difficult. Then on April 1st, I go to Nashville, and that part there's a, a big benefit concert and kickoff to turkey season party um, on April 2nd, Friday night. But you're night. good then. And I can have a drink in Nashville. Where Jack Daniels is. And then I go to Jack Daniels, the, the corporate offices in Lynchburg. Not the corporate offices, but the headquarters of the distillery. I go there on April 2nd, 3rd, like April 5th time frame. And we're going to turkey hunt around there a few days. And you're going to tour the But factory. it's a dry county. You can't drink there either. Did you know that you know that Jack Daniels is in a dry county, right? No. The whole distillery, you cannot buy alcohol in that county. Can you? And they can't give tour. You can't have a drink or have a, uh, a glass of whiskey on really? a tour. Really? Do they now, have a touring facility somewhere? Obviously, you can go to Nashville and buy a bottle of Jack Daniels and then drive back or go to the yeah, store yeah. and probably drink it at your home. I don't even know if you can buy Jack Daniels at the store. It's you got to be I've never able been to. to a dry county. Yeah, you got to be able to buy liquor there. I've been there. You can buy bottles of liquor at the store. I'm wondering how that works. 
They as just don't have like no, bars and stuff. As long as there's no consumption, maybe. Hmm. Let's call a Jack Daniels guy and ask. I've never been to a dry county, so I don't know. I've been to them in Kansas and Nebraska, where people would like drive across state lines to get booze on a, on a, on a Sunday. I was gonna say I've heard of places that they close on Sunday, right? Yeah, you can't get it on Sunday in a dry county. They're dry on Sunday or whatever. Huh. Let me see if he answers. I should have warned him. You think he's going to answer with a dip joke or something? Hmm? Can you tell I'm eating Jack Links over here? I can a little bit, yeah. I'm eating the sweet and hot. So good. So good. Um, if Tommy calls back, we'll ask him. But I know that you don't drink heavy. You don't go out and you get... Once in a while... You'll probably get lit up and go have a fun night, oh, yeah. but very rarely. But how many days a week do you think you have an adult beverage, including weekends, seven days a week? Uh, two or three Hold maximum. On, Hold that thought. Let's hear the dry county. Hey. Hey, man. Sorry. What's up? Lynchburg is in a dry county. We're on a live, We're on a podcast right now, so you you can be heard on the microphone. Lynchburg is a dry county, right? Correct. But you can buy Jack Daniels in the Jack Daniels store at the distillery. You can buy commemorative uh, bottles in the uh, bottle shop at the, Down. at the distillery, yes. So, But there's liquor in those bottles. Yes, but they're commemorative collector bottles, so you are allowed to buy them in Lynchburg. At the bottle shop. Only at the bottle shop. It's the only place in Lynchburg in town that you can get liquor. So there's a commemorative bottle shop, Alex, that you can get liquor. But you can't drink it on the grounds. There's no tour where you can get alcohol or a Jack Daniels sample on the grounds, right? You can have, There is a sampling tour, yes. There is a sampling tour now. There's a couple different sampling tours that you can do based on what you want to taste. From, you know, black label to the flavors, Gentleman Jack, and then it goes up to, like, you know, their higher-end stuff, like Sinatra, Gold, Single Barrel, that kind of thing. Um, but there is, yes, there are tasting tours. But the rest of the county, there's no alcohol available, right? Correct. Gotcha. Hmm. We're just discussing that I've been dry the entire month of March, and I'm not allowed to have a drink until April 1st, which is when I meet you. So how how handy is that? <laughs> Perfect time. <laughs> All right, go find us some turkeys. I'll call you back if I get any reports. Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right, brother. So again, you're drinking, you're drinking, um, what, how many a, a week, you think? Or how many a day? Do you no, average I, one a day? No. I usually, I won't. So you don't have seven adult beverages a week? I do. I just, I tend to group them together more on like a, you know, Saturday night or, you know, like tonight, uh, I'll go out to dinner and, you know, I'll probably have two beers at dinner, but then I won't drink on Wednesday. I won't drink on Thursday, Friday night, maybe after work, I'll have a beer. Maybe not. Depends on who's around. And then. Saturdays are just up in the air, you know, if, if somebody has something to do or whatever, I'll go do it and usually have a couple drinks or whatever. This last weekend I had to go to a wedding, so I drank more than seven in a week for sure. But yeah, I don't, I don't have one every day for sure. But Could I, you go 31 days without a, an adult beverage? Could you discipline yourself? Now, I, I'm sure you probably could if there was 10 grand on the line. Anybody can do that. But could you just in your regular everyday life just say, I'm going to drive for a month? I've done it before, but it's, it is very tough and it's more tough because it's more of a, uh, not a habit as much as just like a, a normalcy. You know what I mean? To, to have a beer with dinner, you know, it's just normal. You know what I mean? But, but I don't drink like but, 10 beers at dinner, but a, di a beer with dinner, uh, a Dr. Pepper tastes good. You're getting the same amount of calories. With two beers at dinner, you're not going to get much of a buzz. No, I know. So what is the reasoning for drinking two beers? Like, you know, Wade, 
our friend Wade has always said that to me because I've always kind of been that way, right? Like I'll I'll totally just drink a beer, one beer, and 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 nothing else. And he always, you know, is like, well, that's a waste. You know, you're you you just had one beer. You're not no buzz, all the extra calories, yada yada yada. I just have always done it. You know, I do like the way that beer tastes. I like the way Jack Daniels tastes. You know, so I can have one drink and. Okay, so Friday nights after a shift and you're at the bar, you got a buddy there. I order up a Jack and water. You can't just sit there and have an ice water. Why is it? Why is it socially fun to have that drink without? You're going to drive home. You're going to be responsible. You're going to have one, maybe two drinks at the most after a shift and go home. What sense does it really make, or why do we do that? Unless we are going to go to that point of alter, you know, altering our mind. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know because you're right. You know, you could you could Is sit and have a, a root beer. Or a, a Is Coke? it addiction? Because people that chew tobacco, you lose that buzz. I mean, I don't. I've never gotten addicted to chewing tobacco. I like to have a dip. Very, very rarely. You know how I chew. Mm-hmm. I mean, a can will last me months. And I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I'm saying. You lose that effect of like the buzz and like that feel good feeling, and it becomes like it's 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 a time passer. Yeah. It's it's to fix boredom. It's to have something you know like you're spitting, it's so you're like oral fixation, like the spitting, and you know having that wad in your lip. Because you all can't that. tell me much if it tastes good. No, and and you're right. I mean, you know, a a coke tastes better than a beer. You know what I mean? If as far as having a sugary, you know. Ice Even cold the new Coca-Cola. Coke Zeros or the Diet Dr Pepper, or whatever. Yeah. So is it addiction? Like, can you, because now now that I'm not drinking right now for this month, but by no means am I trying to say I'm going sober. I don't have a problem. Some people might say, "Well, you're a social alcoholic because you have this many drinks." I've never let alcohol affect my professional life or personal life, and I know that you haven't either. Um, but taking a month off, it's hard because. I have these fully stocked bars. I go to really cool places. When I went down bass fishing with Jim Ray last week, the first thing he did is poured a highball. And I'm sitting there going, that's my liquor cabinet. That's what I usually do when I'm at duck camp. We were staying at one of our camps, right? Well, my my daughter was there with her friend Kennedy, Jim's daughter. So it made it easier. But then we go to a pizza parlor with Rocky and a bunch of dudes. And the first thing they do is order cocktails and beer. And Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there drinking a Dr. Pepper with my daughter. She's drinking a root beer. And I'm like, man, it, I miss that part of it because it's cool. But why do we do it? Well, so to what you just said, though, is if you're not getting the buzz and you're not getting, you know, what are you addicted to then out of alcohol? If if you like an alcoholic, you it's know, alcohol, alcohol's got to be addictive. Just even when you're not getting the, the buzz. Yes. Hmm. That's why I think you get the shakes when you. When you drink so much and then you get off of it and you get those shakes because your body's like rejecting that feeling of, I need it more. You got to put it more into me. Kind of kind of like the Carmex theory, right? Remember Carmex from back in the day? Yeah, they said, you don't even need it. You just keep putting on your lips. Right. And and your lips actually would like get dry. Not because you had dry. It was because they were detoxing or, you know, having a withdrawal from the Carmex thing. You know, it's it. it it would it would be interesting because I, I guess what would you think an alcoholic are they're they're drinking to get drunk right or or many people think they're drinking to feel better right they're you know if they drank all I night think so and then you know you got to have a couple drinks in the morning to get your head right you know that's drinking to the point where you're making a head change me having a beer at dinner I I don't even get a you know I get no buzz or anything but maybe something. On a on a subconscious level, that is my question. Is the subconscious part of it? I guess it is. Why do we order that beer when one, it's more expensive; two, it's high, it's high in calories and carbs. Unless it's a light beer, I understand. I'm not trying to sound all like nutritional. No, you're you're a water and iced tea, whatever. Water with lemon in it. Much better beverages out there. Why do we even if we're not going to go party and get lit up? Or a wine, a bottle of wine at dinner. People, I guess it's pairing of the food. Does that beer really taste good with no. your fish and chips? Does that right. wine make your your ribeye or your filet mignon taste better? Don't you think wines? I think wine introducing wine into this conversation changes it because wine. 
I definitely, you know, you see people have one glass of wine with, with dinner, you know, because the flavor's right, right? You know, white wine with with a fish or something like that or a, a big, bold, you know, Cabernet with a steak, you know, that's good. And Or, you know, dessert, chocolate and wine, you know, ice cream and wine, something like that. You know, that's a wine's a different story. But same, you're not going to catch a buzz off one glass of wine. At least I'm not. Maybe that's the other thing. Maybe it'll be interesting to... And maybe we'll report back on this. When you have your first alcoholic drink after 30 days sober, take a mental note if you catch a buzz or something like that. Because I guarantee I will. Will. But, here, but here's how I know that I will. Because I'm also, the last three years of my life, and I've stuck to it pretty clean. I get off of it. Most of the time I get off of this is duck season. And it's intermittent fasting. So I'll go... Eight o'clock at night, no calories in my body, starting at eight o'clock every night until at least 12 o'clock noon the next day. So that's 16 hours. Yesterday, I went until 2.30, so that's 18 and a half hours. Two days at least a month, I'll go 24 hours to where I won't eat a calorie or drink a calorie or put a calorie in my body for a full 24-hour cycle. People say, well, what does that do? Because back in the day, the theory was, well, you, you eat eight small meals and it keeps your metabolism going. I'm not saying that's not true, but that's more geared towards somebody that is burning a ton of calories. Out, and I yeah. used to burn a lot more calories. I still work out, but I used to work out like a madman. Plus, I was way more active in my in my life to where now I might not I might have more of a desk job if it's not hunting season, right? right. If it's not a hunt day. So and plus you start to age and your metabolism naturally starts to slow down. Right. So you start talking about things like TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, which I'm looking into because I have several friends that have done it and, and abide by it. Um, <clears throat> but two days a month, I go no calories. So when I'm intermittent fasting, people are like, well, what can that do for you? Well, really, like according to Pandola, all that it really does to you is let you skip calories. So you wake up in the morning, the first, you're starving. I'm starving all the time when I wake up in the morning. You wake up for duck hunting, the first thing you go to do is go to Casey's when you're in the Midwest, or you go to a, a store and you grab a breakfast burrito or something hot or some donuts and a coffee, right? right. It's almost tradition. It, or you stop in the McDonald's driveway. Right. That's a that's a lot of calories, but we tell ourselves, got to have Most important meal of the day. Got to have it. It's most important meal of the day. That's what we learn as a kid. You got to have breakfast, brain power, all the shit, right? Dude. I wake up starving more than ever now because I don't have any calories in my body from eight, eight o'clock. But you got to remember, I hadn't eaten since noon that day. So from noon to eight is I, I, I ate a very still, a still a very limited amount of calories. And here's why. This is where I was going with my long winded bullshit statement. Your stomach starts to shrink when you don't keep expanding it, eating all day. Right. I'm telling you, like if I, you said, let's go eat all you can eat sushi right now. I barely, when we went the other day, I barely eat any, I don't eat like I used to eat. I got pho yesterday. Soup, I could barely eat half the bowl of soup. And I was literally like comfortable. Hmm. So I'm starting to learn not to overindulge. I'm starting to learn way better portion control and skipping those calories. You're probably sitting here going, what an absolute asshole, right? Because you don't care about this stuff. But I do. (laughs) I'm very vain. So all it is is you wake up in the morning and you're not putting six, seven, eight hundred calories in your body with a bowl of cereal, a bowl of oatmeal, a protein shake. All of that stuff. And then people are like, well, you work out a bunch. I do work out three to four days a week in the mornings. And I feel fine. I'm not going in there and going, got to have my pre-workout. Got to have. I'm not saying that supplements are bad because I do use BCAAs and Mountain Ops, Yeti and stuff like that. But I also do it on times where I take it when it's after my 12 o'clock where I can take calories in. So I'm getting through hard workouts with no calories in my body. I'm not getting injured. I don't feel weak. I'm performing well. Not saying I wouldn't perform better with calories in my body. So now add on to the rest of the statement is, yes, when you have no food in your stomach for that long and you're and you're teaching your body to go without it, you put a little bit of alcohol in it and dude, you're buzzed as heck. Because I've already seen it. Like when I'm just through fasting over the years, when I have one drink after a day of fasting, you get buzzed way faster because you don't have anything sucking it up or soaking it up. So you're a cheap date now. Pretty much 100%. Anybody that's interested. What? How's your mental uh, health during fasting for 24 hours? Because I would lose it. 
Um, and okay, by that so I mean, are you? Do you feel on edge? No, but but again, cranky. I'm, I'm I'm a guy that I feel that everything in life is about training and habits, habitual, right? So I think, like talking with John Kerry, this fasting, as he explains it, is we put we put pressure on ourselves, and people that don't put pressure on themselves don't care about their performance. They don't care about being in that in the game in the fight right like i put pressure on myself continuously fasting is teaching me that i can discipline myself and put pressure on myself and and live going 31 days without a drink of liquor that's putting pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. that's saying all right can i still perform can i stay clear-minded can i stay do can i stay motivated can i stay optimistic can i stay focused yes more so than probably when you're looking forward to drinking every day or every other day or three or four days a week so I'm putting pressure on myself continuously. So another thing that I do is I talk to a therapist twice a week. Not afraid to admit it. Not afraid to tell the world. Don't care. It's very important to me. Being Having a, a, thera- a, a, a person in your life that you can go to, whether it's a psychologist or psychiatrist or a, my, my doctor's got a PhD. She's a badass, right? So I can bounce things off of her business-wise, personal-wise, my dad dying-wise, relationship-wise, breakup-wise, should I do this-wise, brother-wise, mom-wise, all this shit that you, that you live, daughter-wise, co-parenting. There's a lot of shit that goes on in our lives that we never talk about. Right. Some relationships might be unbelievable. You might have an unreal relationship with your girlfriend where you sit down every night for three hours and just talk and get it all off your mind and all off your chest. Nobody does that. Nobody does. And th- this, <laughs> these, these times during the week, like this podcast, I get to sit here and talk. But how often would me and you get on the phone and go, dude, my therapy was awesome today. Dude, my intermittent fasting was, dude, yeah. I haven't had a drink. We barely do it as human beings anymore. I don't know if we ever have. Oh, back in the day you used to, before texting. Maybe, but not that much. We never sat down and had 20 heart-to-hearts a year. Oh, no, no, heart-to-heart, no. But, you know, you used to call your friends and... 100%. And maybe that one thing that was grinding on you, you could talk to a buddy about. But now, with texting, you don't do that anymore, right? You're not going to text somebody, hey, you know... I'm all pissed off today because I broke up with my girl. You know, that that never happens. Nobody's going to text that to you. But texting dumbed down our relationships with everybody. Oh, 100%. You know, you might text me and say, hey, you want to go grab a beer this weekend? <laughs> Again, a beer this weekend. Yeah. And then you might talk about your, you know, what's going on in life. But no, I, I, I'm with you. But like I, I sit there, Alex, and I sit there and just... I just, there, I, there's no judging. She just helps me like, well, what are you thinking about when you do it? And then she gives me exercises to do, whether it's blogging, whether it's uh, not blogging, but diary, like journal, journaling. Um, she's had me write apology letters to people. Burning bridges in life. That's a big deal to me, right? That's a big thing to where I don't like the fact that somebody could be mad at me. But she tells me, get freaking used to it. Yeah. That's life. That's life. People are going to hate you. If you're who you are, you're never going to please everybody. So she's teaching me things like letting go of like a relationship with a friend that you can't believe that he or she is acting the way they are. You can't believe like this is fixable, right? But they, but something happens to where it's not. And I hold on to it. Like it, I just pisses me off to where I get burnt up inside. Like mother, let's fix this. This is stupid. Right. But they have no concern or nothing because they've let go of it. So she's teaching me like, screw it. People are going to come in and out of your lives all the time for one reason or another. And my problem is, is that I've always tried to please them or take care of them. And then if something happens to where it goes astray or something happens with a business partner or a a bridge is burnt, I sit there and beat myself up over it. And I'm like, I I have a huge guilty conscience. Like it's got to be my fault when it's not. I just blame myself and tell myself that it is when it's it takes two to tango. So it, it's it's interesting that you're talking about this because I just I just saw a a, a little piece like a documentary on, um, you know, it, it's you're focusing on pleasing others, and in a lot of ways, most people don't give a shit about you. I'm not saying you personally, but do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people in the world that strictly go down their path and and nothing else matters you know in a way and then there's people like you and i you know where and john Kerry, he says that we're uh not provider souls but we're i can't remember the word just keep talking souls or whatever but you know you bring you bring people into your fold right you you professionally you know if you've 
if you've got a, a, a case of Jack Daniels and you know, you're going to share it with 11 of your friends instead of keeping 12 bottles in your basement. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Where there's a lot of people in life where if they got a, you know, 12 bottles of Jack Daniels, those, those 12 bottles are for them. They could care less about who's out here on the fringe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, and it's a harder life. It, well, I think they're probably both difficult to live, but I mean. I don't know about that, though, because that self-serving is weird to me. That's that's one of the things I talk to with my therapist a ton is exactly what you just said. Like, there are people that, that when you beat yourself up, she goes, you got to understand, they don't give a shit. Right. They were in it for totally different reasons. You. A lot of this, uh, some of some of what we're talking about, I saw um, it was geared towards like business people, and that, in that I don't know his name. He's the bald guy on the Shark Tank. You know, they say millionaires and billionaires, they could care less about you or anybody else for that matter. If you want to be that guy, the mindset is it's only you, right? Because you can't be. It's funny. I, I watched a show the other day and. and the it was fake but the the line that the guy said was i've never been good at leading my friends you know what i'm saying so if you take that hard line then you don't have friends that are your co-workers or you don't have you know smart family members be your co-workers if you know you've got a job to do then you laser focus on that one and and you everything else means nothing and that's a hard you know that's a hard thing to do it's very yeah, look, everybody gets lonely and, and, you know, you want some, you know, what do you call that? Camaraderie or interaction, interaction and social. Touch. Yeah. And people, though, set themselves up. You know, I bet you President Trump doesn't have a whole lot of friends. He can't. You know what I mean? He's focused on his business. He's focused on his political career now. He's focused on his family. And that's all there is to it. Right. I, I would venture to say that guy does not have very many friends. And I don't know. I don't know how. I, I mean, I think that the, that really, really good friends are few and far between. Yeah, I, I mean, do too. And it's hard to be in business with friends. I've seen a lot of. I've had a lot of friendships ruined because of business. Oh, thinking that you can do it. That's the hardest thing you can do. But I everybody think. always finds out different things about people once they get in business together. You start to real. You start to learn the real thread of a human being when you work with them yep. alongside of them every day, or working or partner with them in business. Yep. You start to see their true strategy you start to see their true agenda you start to see their real self-entitlement what they think that they're worth all that kind of shit and that's what you know that's kind of what that saying of you know you can't lead you you can't be friends and be a leader you know what i mean because when it's time to make a tough call you you've done it your professional life i've done it my professional life you you know you fire a friend you discipline a friend you you know those that's tough to do man so People, you know, I think laser focus on business that those things go away. You know, you just can't you can't mix the two. It's hard to successfully mix the two. And then, you know, people take that into their personal life. Right. It's maybe, you know, when they have a girlfriend or a wife, then that's it. Right. There's no more time for anybody else. I I try to to juggle everything. Right. I want to I want to have a dinner with my girlfriend. I want to have dinner with my friends i want to go out on friday night with my friends i want to it's huge a balance in life right i don't want to i don't want to laser focus on one thing and i, I, don't, I don't know if it's laser focus not laser focus but you know i he, think people lose with relationships you've seen it all the time we've all been through it oh he's whipped she's whipped sure look doesn't even come around anymore makes excuses all the time oh he's with her again and it happens with kids too sure because individuality in my opinion is huge what i mean by that i was going to say what do you mean what i mean by that is that we lose our individuality when we find a mate yeah yeah. or we have kids and we don't we have to understand that we were still put on this earth for certain reasons too to be a friend to more than just the person that you're dating in that puppy love stage or whatever you have kids i understand kids are the most important thing in the world family is the most important thing in the world but you still have to be yourself and do things for yourself. There's those parents that literally have never missed a little league practice or a game and they travel here and they travel there and they quit doing the things that they used to do that in reality made them who they are and they start living for their kids and through their kids. And they stop with the the fishing trips. They It might be just once a year they get away with the fishing trip and it's always the same excuse. 
Oh, it's family time. Got to do this. Got to do that. And I get that. That's so important. But there's also the importance of the friendships that got you to where you are in life and who you are. And the ones that are still in your life, that's why it's so important to be laser focused, like you said, on those, just like you are on her or him or the kids. Because when you start, when you stop to do this part of it, that's when people come out of your life again. And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, they're gone. It's very hard to stay in somebody's life. Wade, for example, my best friend my whole life. I don't work with Wade every day. I don't see Wade every day. I don't live close to Wade anymore. But when we see each other, it's like, oh my God, we're best, we're, we're catching up. We're best Nothing friends, right? Nothing will sure. ever come in between us. Nothing ever changes. It's like we've been living together. Same with me and you. That's how a relationship with a girl should be. Yeah. And that's how a lot of us, including me, mess that part of our life up because we're like, Tommy Boy, remember when he's or like like Chris Farley when he's just like, like we all squish, you know you how he gets a little sale, yeah, and you, you, you just like crunch it and he like kill the the what what did he kill? I can't remember. He killed his sale, but yeah, yeah, no, I it, you well, pet it, no, you love was, it, and you nurture yeah, it, that. and then Lenny of mice and men when he did yeah, it with yeah. the rabbit, right? My point is, is that with a girl, you're like, oh, I can't, I got to be with her, got to be with her, got to take her out, got to be with her, got to be with her, got to know what she's doing, got to know what she's with, and the next thing you know, you're like, oh, you pushed him away. Yeah. With a friend, you don't do that. Oh, talk to you next week. Don't talk to him next week. See him a week later after that. Everything's fine. Yep. It's the same freaking thing with the chick. But our mindset goes different. Like, oh, my God, who's she talking to now? Oh, my God, if she's not with me, she's got to be doing something that's not right. And you lose that trust factor. I'm not saying that everybody's like this, but a lot of us are. Oh, yeah. So you lose your individuality because you start just concentrating on that when you should be like, oh, okay, I'll see you next week, Mary. And then you're like, Aldo, where are we going this weekend? Are we going fishing? Right. We quit doing that. But what you're saying is so awesome because not very many people keep that balance. They lose the ability to do anything with their friends again because it's all about her or him or the kids. Yeah. And I get that. There's a time and a place for everything, though, man. Well, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to to do, right? It's easier to fall into the, the, the other rut. You know, it's easier to just go, ah, can't do it, can't do it. You know, can't go to dinner, can't go to get drinks, can't go do this, can't go do that. I just, you know, it's easier to do that. It's easier to to fall in, you know, when you got to schedule your time and you got to, you know, make time for other people and make time for other events. It's a harder, harder road to go down. hundred percent. It's funny. I think we stumbled upon, maybe you are already going to go this way, but we've been talking about balance this, this whole day. And, it is. And I don't think you intended to do that, but that's what it is, right? It's a balance. Well, I think that what I was saying with the with all of the things with my psychiatrist is that that's what I'm trying to get in life but is... Your, your diet and things like that is you're talking about balance, right? You're being, like, like when I come back into April and I start drinking, have a drink again, it's going to be the same as it always was, but I can at least say... I'm fine. Yeah. I can I can go do that anytime I want. And I and my drinking is become as I as I mature into my 40s now. I my drinking's become way less than it than it was ten oh, yeah, years ago. Too. And it always will. But I enjoy it. I think it's cool. Responsibility and moderation. I think it's very cool to pour a drink and, and be with your friends. But I started that off of like why. Do we do that? Why do we have to order that beer? Why do we have to order that cocktail? Why can't you just sit there and have the water? Why is it different in our minds of a social setting we got to have alcohol? When it's really altering your mind, you can make dumb decisions, can make a mistake, accident, whatever. Why do we always press with the girl when you have it in your life? Why do we overindulge with food? Why don't we have more of a mindset of like, man, I can work out, I can have a drink, I can be with my boys. I'm going to see her in a week. I'm going to be with my kids every day, but I also know that I can break away from them and I don't have to live for them every day. Right. I'm the provider. I'm the protector. But I also understand through co-parenting that they are all right without me. Alyssa is all right without me, you know? And I'm, I'm finding out in life through my psychiatrist, through my doctor and through my sessions, I, I, I wish I could do it every week. If I was big bucks Mahone, like if I had more money than I do and I don't have that much, I would have therapy every day. I would spend an hour a day talking like this with a therapist that can give me goals and short-term goals, mid-term goals, long-term goals, and projects to do to 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 make sure my mind is there and balance is there. I've I've always heard not uh, most of it from celebrities and stuff though that yeah, the seeing a counselor, psychiatrist, whatever you want to call it, 
there's not a person out there that says, I got nothing out of that and I wish I never would have done it. You know what I mean? Well, they, some they of the all, big ones they, that you hear about are who? Stern. Stern. Stern's always Ronnie gone the limo driver's crazy Ron, on the shootout yeah. and he's never He won't go. Yeah. Gary Delabotti, Baba Booey. See, I don't listen to the show anymore because they piss me off, but piss me off like I know him personally, but I just didn't. I got tired of the, the, the just, oh, just pounding Trump every day. I don't listen to it much. Robin sees a psychiatrist. Yep. Fred sees a psychiatrist. Howard sees one. At one time, it was five days a week. Now it's think, three days a week. And he's almost three. 70. Yeah. And he still sees one three days a week. Unless he's doing that for show, but Howard's never come across as somebody that's dishonest. No, and he doesn't talk about who it is or what no. they go over. He just says he does it. Or, you know, sometimes he he'll talks say about it. his sessions. Yeah. Sometimes. Tony Soprano. Remember, some oh, of the yeah. best scenes of The Sopranos were with his doctor. Most of that show was ba- not most. A lot of that show was based around that. You know what I mean? Based around his sessions yeah. and what he was and what his mind was saying. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, that's what I'm finding in life now that I think about like like this breakup I'm going through right now. I think about where did I go wrong? Why did I make the decisions that I was making? Why did it come down to what it came down to? How do people successfully stay in relationships? How do you know it's the one? How do you know when it's supposed to be over? Are most of them forced? <laughs> I had a girl tell me yesterday, a friend, a colleague, that said, I wish that we could change spouses and boyfriend, girlfriends once a year. Just have them for a year, time for a new one. She goes, because I love the chase. I love being chased. I love chasing. I love the puppy love stage. I love that feeling of, oh my God, is he going to talk to me? Is she going to talk to me? Are they going to call me back? All of that stuff. She says, there's special one. The special ones keep that throughout, but they're few and far between. And that's why the success, the, the, the divorce rate is so high. I said success and meant divorce. The divorce rate is so high in our country. Through COVID, it's even higher. But that a lot of people say, well, I'm tired of dating. But then when they're dating or they find somebody that they really like, how do you make that last? And how do you tell alter your mind of balance and say, all right, I, I don't need that chase anymore. I don't need to be looking anymore. And I think that in today's society, like what you talked about with with the the social media, now these dating apps, it's so easy to get a date now. I've never been on one. I've never had a dating profile or been on any of those apps or services. But that's what I'm looking at is like, how do you make it last? Do you, are you one that thinks that human beings were not wired to be monogamous? That Because that's an argument that many, many, many people think about. And I've been seeing a lot on, you know, there's religious, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, writing or whatever that we weren't monogamous before, you know, or, you know, or it was certain religions don't believe in monogamy and other ones do, but it, dude, I, having a relationship is one of the toughest things in the world, hands down. And if you don't, what do you mean by that? You got to see when you say stuff like that, my psychiatrist has said, what do you mean tough? What do you mean tough? Because you've been in one for five years. So why would almost you want 10. to, but why would you almost 10 years now? Yeah. Why would you want to do that and not be married and no kids? So you ever think about uh, that? That's crazy to me. But uh, yeah, I, it, I'm not I, saying that she's not badass. No, no, no. And that's what I, I enjoy all my time with Jilly, and we have a good relationship. It's still hard to co, at least for me, and I'm I might be different than anybody. But it's hard to it's hard to share your life. It's hard to cohabitate. It, you know, there's nothing. Nothing gets easier by adding another person to it. And that includes kids and that includes pets and that includes anything else. It's, it's going to become harder, right? It's going to become harder financially. It's going to be harder. Your mental, you know, state is going to become challenged. You know, if you're, I, I lived by myself and single for, I don't even, forever, 10 years probably out, you know, out of college or whatever it was. It's easy to be by yourself right i mean certain people like i i personally find it easy to be by myself i can go to work i can go out to dinner with a friend or with a family or whatever and go home and do something or do nothing and get up the next morning and i could do that day in and day out and it it doesn't bother me some people can't do that you know adding another person to your family adding another person to your home adding another person into your life right so now 
you're juggling more time with them, more time with your family, more time with your friends, more time with their family, more time with their friends. It just it spreads you out thinner and thinner and thinner. It gets harder and harder and harder. That's why that's what I say when I say it's difficult. On top of that, if you it, so I, I'm fortunate enough that you know Jillian and I's personalities are very similar. But if they're not, you're not mean. I know. <laughs> Maybe that's the yeah. But you I'm know, if, kidding, if, if you're unfortunate enough to have a person that's you know fighting with you all the time or something like that, you know, you makes your life even harder. You know what I mean? The arguments and or you throw religion into the fact, or you throw politics into the into it. You throw money into it. You know, fortunately, you know we don't have we have the same political views. We have both have a good living so we're not worried about how to pay the next payment you know those things grind on you do you have the same checking account no separate you don't. Check- of course separate do we split <laughs> everything down the middle you know and it's it, actually kind of smart but so, it still doesn't make sense because don't you miss the chase you don't think she misses being chased oh of you, course I, th- there's no way around that that's why i brought up the monogamy thing you have to be able to turn that thing off in your brain. It's funny. And you have for I don't the rest think, of your life? Wait a minute. I'm going to look at your phone when we're done here. Because you're coming kind of full circle back to what you talked about drinking. You have to put that pressure on yourself. I'm doing all of this. That's what I'm saying is that the pressure but is did on. Did you plan for this conversation to go this way? I planned for a conversation of balance. Wow. And about how pressure creates balance. So... So, okay, then let me finish my thought. I didn't know you planned all this. You're you're a smart guy. So you have to put that pressure on yourself, right? You have to be able to go to a bar with your friends and not chase chicks or guys, if you're a girl, whatever, if you're whatever you are, you got to, you have to discipline yourself to that, right? You got to, you're going to see a cute girl in a bar, a girl's going to hit on you or a guy's going to hit on you or whatever. And if, if. You've got to be disciplined if you're going to be in a relationship like that, not to do it. Just like you said, you're going to put pressure on yourself. Like what he's doing right now? Absolutely. This is going to put some pressure on you. Yeah. You guys are about to open a cold. Oh, my God. Ice cold. And I, but look at my, look at my discipline. I'm not even looking at him. Oh, yeah. I don't even see that B U D L I T E. Oh, right from the. Like I heard it open. I was just getting a little bit of a cotton mouth, too, right when this was delivered. Just what timing. So back to it's balance. You know, that's a that's a very good way to put it is when you're going to choose to be in well, a relationship with somebody else. We're going to continue this conversation else. on the next episode of Breaking It Down because we're nowhere near done. This is what I've been talking about with my phd psychiatrist every session we end up getting on the subject of balance and this is why a lot of this mindset of me of doing the intermittent fasting or doing the no drinking for 31 days because everybody says well as long as you do it just in moderation everything's fine but ask yourself crosby can you go to a bar or a dinner or a barbecue or like right now why are you and him having a cold beer just because you can just because it's it's a tuesday afternoon and you're off work and you're about to podcast and you got an unlimited amount of beer at your fingertips why why do you have to have one that's what i'm saying is that we always have that mindset like you're not going to get a buzz you're not going to alter your mind you're not going to go out and party tonight and that beer does not taste anywhere close to as good as a coca-cola classic same amount of calories but you automatically look forward to that icy cold beer because we've conditioned ourselves. We've conditioned ourselves through pressure and through non-pressure of saying, that's the way it is. When I'm cooking, I don't have as much fun cooking unless I have a cocktail in my hand that I can look forward to. After I pour these rubs on the meat or I pour these vegetables, this seasoning on the vegetables, I know that I get to turn around and put the, my my gator tumbler cup to my mouth with ice cold Jack Daniels and maybe Coke in it. And that's what we condition ourselves. Would your PhD say that it's an addiction? I think that everything in life is. And that's where I was going, mm. is that love, sex, alcohol, tobacco, um, food, working out, vanity, 
everything is an addiction in the mind of where can we find the balance and the clarity in it? Because everybody could say, everybody could say, oh yeah, I'm fine. Like he's shaking his head, but his wife would tell you he's the worst communicator in the world. He don't talk to me because everybody thinks we're doing it right. Until you sit down there and break it down, you're like, I got a lot to learn. You could be addicted to books. Playboy? No. <laughs> you could definitely be. But you know what I'm saying? By that logic, and I agree with you, you can be addicted to television. You can be addicted to books. There's people that read two, three books a day, and they'll tell you that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with reading. But socially, you might be off track if you're reading that much, right? You'd be addicted to that book. I think I think that everything is becomes... I don't know. I think it's just habit. And people, habit. habit is more like, why don't I read a book more? Why do I go right to my phone before I go to bed? Yeah, now? Why do I watch TV? Why yeah. do I watch TV? Why can't I leave that TV off and just listen to mood music? Like, it's a weird mindset, but that's what I've been f- not forced to think about, but challenged to think about. Can you get through 31 days with no alcohol? Can you intermittent fast every day of the week, except maybe Sunday, but I even do at least 50% of the Sundays in a month. Can you intermittent fast and not eat one calorie from eight until noon every day of the week? And then two times a month, do 24 hours. And like I said yesterday, I did 18 and a half hours. Now, it's not a raw, raw deal. It's just putting that pressure on me. Can I save those calories and then eat a light lunch, shrink in the stomach and making me feel better vanity-wise, vein-wise, being vanity? Who's saying this song is about you? Carpenter, who sang that song? You probably oh, think, think this song, song is about you. That's not Sinatra. You're so vain. No, it's a woman. Who? Annie. Annie? No. Karen Carpenter? This no. is why we need that fact checker. I got it. Um, there was somebody that says you Carly probably, Simon. Carly Simon. Simon. Um, so anyway, that's all I'm saying is can can you put that pressure on and do it? And that's what I've just been challenged to do is can you write write more? I've been challenged myself to write more articles, cookbook stuff, magazine stuff, journaling. I've been writing apology letters to people that will never get the apology letters. That's one of my challenges is can you formulate an apology? So anyway, I'm not sitting here going that there's a right way to live or that this way of living is right because you could, I drink five beers a night and be fine. Most people can, but why, why is it? Why, why do, why do we make the decisions that we make in any, in any given day? It's crazy to think that way. I know it, but that's the, that's the way that my mind has been thinking. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Now that you say it, I mean, it would be a, it would be a, a challenge to go 31 days without alcohol more, not because of the physical addiction to it, but I would, I would just on Friday, forget that I'm doing that and, and have a beer. You couldn't even say no to a beer just now. I know. You could have just now said, Clint, no, I'm good. It's Tuesday. He would have hazed me mercilessly. Would have been all that that goes with it, you know. Would've He's an what? enabler. He would have hazed me. That's what I'm saying, though, is that, but he, as soon as he got here, his first move was to go get a cold beer. We talked about it yesterday. His first move. <laughs> it's the same with me. Oh, yeah. It's the same with me. When, when I get to duck camp, the first thing I want to do is have a cold beer. Mm-hmm. Soon as I hear the gravel change off the blacktop, I want to get a road soda, which I'm not recommending that, but it happens, especially if you're in the backwoods of Arkansas and you're on a four wheeler or whatever, there's nothing better than scouting with the cold beer. But why? It's weird mindset. Why not just a Coca-Cola? It's a weird mindset that you got to think that you got to have that, or you got to have this calorie food in the morning. Do we really need breakfast is the best meal of the day? No, I've proven it. You don't need it. Proving it for myself, I don't need breakfast. It doesn't make me dumber. It doesn't cause injury. It doesn't, it's not causing anything except skipping all those calories that you would eat before noon. And then only having a certain amount of period to eat 12, 1500 calories. So really it's a good way to cut down on it. Yeah. We got to end this. There's no right answers at all. Don't get me wrong. There is no right answers to any of this. But I just wanted to ask. It's good to look into yourself and think about these things, though. I think it is. It's about can you find that pressure in the balance? And John Kerry, like if there's somebody that you should talk to, like I've been buddies with that dude for 15 years now, and I've really been getting into some in-depth conversations with him. The dude is sharp. His fighting career, his his training, he's got his his martial arts, his jiu-jitsu, Japanese and Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. Like he's got a really cool mindset on a lot of shit, especially leadership. Okay, coming up with an undisciplined family, a lot of the times a dad that really wasn't, and he just has this this way of looking at stuff where I'm like, oh, that's the pressure is on. 
And people like me want to keep that pressure on. I got to have that pressure on me. And as soon as I start to let off of it, I feel like I'm letting somebody down. I feel like I'm not working hard enough. I feel like I'm letting one of the brands down. I feel like that I got to be in the mix. The pressure's on. It's not the fear of missing out all the time. It's just keeping that pressure on. Mm -hmm. So that's why, as you said, you start to get lonely. I started to challenge myself in other ways. Riding more, fasting, not drink, you know, ch challenging on all the things that we've talked about today. But what's, I'm still not complete. Before you wrap this up, what's the next challenge in April? I'm go the I, I didn't say that, did I? No. So on April 8th, I'm gonna start the carnivore diet and not eat anything but meat, pretty much meat, for 30 days. So I'm just and I'm not gonna overdo it. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I can eat 10 red steaks a day. You know, it's like the Atkins diet. My mom and dad used to be on it, and I'd look at them like, there's no way that that diet's healthy. Right. You can eat all that cheese on, on 10 eggs with a pound of cheese on it and eight strips of bacon. And you're saying that your cholesterol and your blood and all that shit's fine just because you're not having any starchy carbs. You lose weight. Right. But 90 percent of the people on the Atkins diet, when they go back to eating like a human being, the weight comes right back because they didn't train themselves. They didn't keep the pressure on. They didn't go out and create a different lifestyle or a, diff, a change in lifestyle. Like I'm going to work out more. I'm going to burn calories. I'm going to motivate myself. Right. They just said, oh, I'm not going to eat bread or pasta. Who the frick doesn't want to eat a noodle anymore? Will you go all May uh, vegetarian? No. Why? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think... That's the ultimate challenge. I think that I could. I probably could, but maybe I will try that. That's a good challenge. But sushi's got me. Jerky's got me. I eat so much Jack Links, it's unbelievable. I just ate half of this bag sitting here. Right. Look you at could, my dog. You could do it, Axel though. heard that bag. He stands right up. You could do it. That's been another episode of Breaking It Down. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast with Chad and Alex. Jack Daniels. Thank you very much. Check out new episodes on all of your streaming services right now. Any direct messages, info at thislifeaintforeverybody.com. Find us on Instagram, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Our other podcasts are The Foul Life and Where the Pavement Ends. Brand new episodes of The Foul Life TV starting this July 2nd, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Follow us through our journeys. Thank you all so much for the support, Tom. Jake, hit that button. The song is called What You Gonna Do When the Money's All Gone, written by Drake White and Leith Lofton. This version is sung by the man, Leith Lofton, a.k.a. Hoss. Y'all take care. You are blessed, I know, indeed. It ain't what you want, it's having what you need. I'd rather be poor living off in a hole rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last too long. So what you gonna do when the money's all gone?